everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Black Techies Podcast. Uh, I am Herbert Seward, a.k.a. the Black Tony Stark, a.k.a. the head of the Wakanda Special Forces, blah, blah, blah. Um, our fearless leader, Dave, um, a.k.a. Packet Stealer, is um, having some technical issues. Yeah, Cox is trash uh, in the D.C. metro area. Sorry, Dave. Um, so we are taking over the podcast, myself and uh, Dominique Bass, uh, aka Young T'Challa. Here, yeah, we're we're going to be uh, starting the podcast off this uh, tonight until uh, our other compadre Roberto shows up. So this week, um, well, this past weekend was pretty big in terms of gaming circles. Um, you know, if, unless you've been under, under a rock for the last week and a half or last couple of months, um, everything's been leading up to E3. And what we've been exposed to to this point looks really, really exciting in terms of game releases, you know, the new information about Google Stadia platform, um, Xbox xCloud, uh, just a ton of things. We're going to be covering a lot of things tonight. So... Dominique, what you what were your impressions, man? What did you think? So, uh, I mean, I'm hopeful. I usually am. I usually take uh, take these companies at their word that they're going to execute the way they say, even though uh, Google is losing cachet with me uh, based on all the, the things, you know, all the projects that they cancel and, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, the nerd in me really needs this stuff to pop, like to the idea that I could just be playing like League of Legends on a, like on any device, anytime, anywhere kind of thing. Like Stadia makes me very excited. Um, yeah, bro. Fallen I'm... Order, the trailer for Fallen Order makes me excited. Um, I tell you, man, what I what I was kind of excited. Deathloop. Deathloop's. Deathloop's promo at E3 got me stoked for, you know, on a couple of levels. One, you know, we've got, you know, a black antagonist and a black protagonist being featured in the game. Uh, I haven't seen that in a minute. I mean, are you saying Destiny? Are you talking about Destiny 2? No, Deathloop. Deathloop is a is a PC game. Oh, that was, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Deathloop is a you know was a PC game that was de- you know that was debuted there at E3, um, and uh, yeah man that that joint looks pretty dope. Plus the fact that we you know we've got a lot of representation in that game already. You know just from seeing it, I'm I'm excited to see it hit the platforms. So um, yeah, I, I can I I agree with you, man. In terms of Google Stadia, yeah, they've had some slip ups. And, you know, they've kind of choked a little bit on some of their past projects. But on paper, Stadia looks, you know, I mean, Google ain't playing around, man. Those guys are, you know, they are serious in terms of what they want to do with this in the space and, you know, how they want to change how gaming is perceived. Um, I mean, the founder, I mean, the way they did their presentation and how they're starting out in terms of the founders pack. I mean, I know we were talking about it off air. You can't beat that type of value, man. Just starting out. I mean, they're going to be launching in November and the, and the founders pack is, is going to be 129 bucks. 
leading up to that. That includes, you know, customized uh, Google Stadia controller, the Chromecast Ultra, uh, and a founder's membership that's like, you know, that's $9.99, you know, $9.99 a month. And there are already a number of games and uh third-party hosts that are, you know, that are on board to bring, you know, games to the platform already. Some of the games that we've seen, like Baldur's Gate, Mortal Kombat. Oh, I can't wait for Baldur's Gate. Yeah, Baldur's Gate looked dope. I mean, that was just, that was ridiculous. That's my um, kind of game right there, buddy. Yeah, I mean, there's just a, there's a ton that, there's a lot of potential there, particularly with, you know, Google's infrastructure, you know, for cloud, uh, you know, for their data centers and and the rest of how they do the cloud and for other, you know, online platforms. Um, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's early. You know, we got to wait for the release and see, you know, how people actually, you know, how that actually happens in the real world. Because I'll tell you what they don't really discuss, and that's latency. And yeah. I know just from a just from a, somebody who's who's into information technology, uh, thinking about what kind of processes have to be happening on the back on the back end, I'm trying to figure out like, man, they gotta have a very robust uh, data center or data centers to to have that kind of VDI experience where there's no latency, like you know. Like it's technology that, quite frankly, does not exist in a, on a consumer level at this at this time that we're well, aware. Of, you know what I mean? Well, well, I think you know, speaking as somebody that's worked in you know worked as network engineer that's worked in you know cloud engineering, um, if anybody has the infrastructure to do it, it's Google. I mean, those that's guys, true. those guys have been at the forefront of you know of cloud you know service providers you know for a long time now. I mean, you see the effect of their infrastructure on a daily basis with YouTube, you know, with their Google suite of products, you know, they're de- they've got data centers all over the place. And I think that's, that's going to be the key on whether, you know, on how effective this is. Now, if you, you know, for the folks out there that are listening that got the opportunity to, to watch the Stadia Connect um, during over E3 weekend, uh, one of the things they specified during uh, the presentation was that, uh, you know, quality of gaming will be scaled according to your internet connection. So um, even at the very lowest of qualities, I think the, the quality they specified was like, what, 10, 15 mega, um, megabyte download? Um, yeah, I mean, their, their requirements are crazy low because yeah. I'm getting 350, uh, 350. And that's way above the top of their chart, so I should. But the the, the right. issue is, if you read the fine print, that's uh, ideal. That's not a that, that that says nothing to the um, what happens when the server is is loaded when it's taxed. Like, how are they gonna ha- how will how will the user experience be when you know every when a game first comes out and literally everybody's trying to play it? Well, I think. I think that's a good question, um, and I think that's a very valid concern. But also think that, you know, we see that type of load on a regular basis, you know, with platforms like YouTube, which is, you know, essentially going to be part of their infrastructure. 
So um, that's a very, you know, that's a very good question. At the same time, I think it's going to be interesting to see how how yeah, that YouTube plays only out. YouTube's only doing download. Yeah. And you know what you I mean? Know, like at a mass scale. Well, that's not true. I mean, I think they said something like a hundred million hours of YouTube video a day is getting uploaded or something crazy like that. So I'm right. not saying they only do download, but if there was to be like a uh, an event such as E3, like you know that that event is coming and you can prepare for the massive amounts of user uh, of user and even still there's all there's often some and the thing is if you're video buffers that ain't the same thing as if you're game buffers. Yeah, and I think uh, you know I think a lot of that you know a lot of those details remain to be seen. Um, you know between now and and release in November. So, yeah, I, you know, those concerns are very, very valid. Um, it's, um, even with all the, even, you know, with all the speculation, it's very, it's very exciting stuff because if Google can actually pull this off and this is a very viable platform, it, it changes the game. You know, it really does. You know, being yeah. able to, not have to worry about a console, being able to download a game whenever you, you want. You know what it really does is it kills the uh, aftermarket PC component market. Like, if it's official, if it's, hey, guys, this works. Like, this works like cell phones work now, not like they worked at the beginning. Right. Um, then there's no reason to spend $1,000 on a, on, a, on a PC. You spend your money on your Internet connection every month. Yeah, exactly. And... And the really cool thing is, is that, you know, the value that you're getting, you know, with being able to um, put this on a big screen with a Chromecast Ultra or even, you know, just downloading the application, you know, because there's going to be an app uh, that's going to eventually be extended to other platforms outside of the, the Google Pixel environment, mobily, um, you know, Pixel tablets, and eventually, you know, to televisions and other platforms that can that run Android or are going to be able to download um, to download the you know the application and, and and be able to support the environment. So I mean there's a lot of potential there. You know and yeah. and I think me seeing you know them leading off E three like that, you know, kinda of put the pressure on everybody else i mean everybody was already you know looking forward to seeing um what uh microsoft had the clouds in terms of um their cloud gaming service and um you know the introduction of you know any specs on their new console on their new console um, and they they did you know briefly uh give us a glimpse as to what project scarlet was going to be all about um and if you know, if the if the speculation is true, true from them, you know, in terms of what they're advertising that Scarlet's going to be able to do, that's going to change console gaming. You know, it's going to be another you know console arms race, so to speak. You know, because prior to E3, you know, Sony did an early leak of some specs for the PlayStation Five, and geez, those things are you know, they might as well be you know glorified PCs in console form because that's what they are yeah i mean particularly what we heard with the you know with ryzen architecture that's going to be in the ps5 that's 
you know, that's another game changer there. So, uh, you know, a lot of this is, is really shaping up to be really, 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 really good. Um, what were some of the games that stood out to you that you saw um, during E3? So I haven't, I haven't caught, saw, I haven't seen all, the whole E3. I didn't, I only saw EAs uh, as far as like the, the out of the game publishers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that I've heard from my friends that have actually watched it. The, um, I mean, of course, I saw Fallen Order. Fallen Order is the one for me, and Baldur's Gate three, but that wasn't really necessarily an E3 release. Yeah, just uh, a, a a leak that they're fixing. Um, but I, I, my the, my biggest takeaway from from all of the things that have happened the last couple weeks is just that we're here, like we're at the future. Yeah. Uh, well, we're closer. We're not here because we still got we still don't have gigabit speeds in our houses, but um, we're close. Well, I I mean from just from what I got from the Xbox presentation, um, cyber the cyberpunk game looks ridiculous. I mean, it really looks like a, it really looks like a home run for those guys when they release it as long as they don't have any type of logistical things that would screw up the first experiences for for gamers um you know i, I watched the presentation and people just went nuts for keanu reeves uh you know being in the game uh that was you know that wasn't expected and um I think, you know, that and Fallen, and, you know, Jedi Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order, just from what we saw, that looks like an absolutely amazing game. It looks like it's, you know, it's going to be very in-depth, and, you know, it's the type of Star Wars game that people were used to, you know, getting on other platforms that were were super immersive and, and very challenging to play. So... You know that to me, those are the you know the two things that I got from uh, Microsoft that really stood out. Um, you know the the PC Pass, the the cross platform uh, P, uh, PC Pass, uh, really. Um, you know I'm kind of mixed on it. I mean, for you know, in terms of a va- you know, in terms of value, it is really good value for. Folks that do play, you know, Microsoft PC games and cross-platform, but it's, um, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of mixed on it because I still don't know, you know, what kind of games are on the platform that are going to be available for cust- you know, for customers, and you know, ultimately, you know, you know, a lot of those games are filler games, you know, yeah. a lot of those games that that are, you know, part of that membership are just kind of like, eh, okay. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I reserve judgment until, you know, I, I get some feedback from, you know, from those subscriptions after they, after those things start. But I mean, for me, that was just, you know, that was kind of tip of the iceberg. It was kind of strange not seeing Sony being part of E3. You know, like I said, they did their own thing. But, um, you know, it was pretty rewarding watching it. You know, like I said, the biggest thing that I got from it, you know, besides all the Google Stadia news was, you know, seeing, 
just what Microsoft had on the table. Um, I mean, some folks, you know, really got really excited for Google, you know, for um, Halo Infinite. Me, um, I, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I, I, I mean, I'm a huge Halo fan, so I'm looking forward to Halo Infinite. Um, but I, I, literally, it could be the worst game that ever came out, and I'm gonna buy it. Like, there are some Halo fans out here that, I mean, y'all buy them, not y'all like you, but they buy them <laughs> trash Call of Duty games every year. So, you know. Well, I mean, as a Call of, as a Call of Duty stand, and I'll admit it, I'm a stand for the most part, even though you know. Uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare was was quite possibly some of the worst trash that the franchise put out. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I agree with you. You know, if you're a stand for that series of game, um, you're you're gonna buy it one way or the other. You know, whether it's trash or not. Um, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing for uh, folks that are not, you know, stands for a specific game. Um, it's just being able to pick up, you know, pick up the control and play and not have to worry about a super steep learning curve to play, you know, particularly for first-person shooters. So it's just like, all right, well, you know, we haven't we, – we, I don't think I saw any first-person shooters that um, during E3 that really, uh, that really fit that criteria, um, at least from the stuff that I saw. Um you know, it's and I mean we're probably going to be seeing some you know some more things in in you know in the days immediately following E3, but <clears throat> from some of the things that we've seen already, um, that can change how you know first person shooters are being played as well. You know, if particularly if things with Stadia really really pan out and. There's there aren't the technical issues that we're afraid could come about. I mean, think about it. <clears throat> the only thing that you would really need is an internet connection and a Chromecast Ultra and a controller, you know, yeah. for for a land party, you know. And you know, I mean, I can. I'm just thinking about it, and it's like, okay, well, wow, I can be, uh, I can quite literally, you know. I mean, you can pack a land party in a in a two seater. Exactly. You can pack a land party in a in a duffel bag. But I mean, to be fair, that's a that's a we're aging ourselves a little bit. These youngsters don't know nothing about a land party. You know what I mean? Like they they there's not even like I don't know that that's necessarily a desire. Now maybe the fact maybe the maybe the land parties kind of went away because the technology took them away, and now maybe technology is going to bring that more to the forefront where you have more cooperative gaming, more games built where, like, hey, take this to your friend's house, you know, especially if they're going to, like, I don't know how they're going to do the, how easy it'll be to, like, quote-unquote game share, you know? Yeah. Uh, but if they don't make it overly crazy with the... Uh, well, get, well, game sharing... I mean, you can do that with the, you know, you can do that in recording with the press of a button. And I think that's something, you know, that uh, the Google, the brain trust of Google is probably going to go into a little bit more detail with. But if you go to the website and you check out, you know, the actual specifications for the service, that's part of the platform. And I think that's something that, has a great deal of potential in terms of expansion. So, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we date ourselves when we say land parties, stuff like that. You know, young folks don't know that, whippersnappers, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I think the concept and the spirit of that type of collaboration is still there. And I think it's, um, we see that in terms of collaborative games like, you know, PUBG or, or Fortnite or any number of games. Um, yeah, but nothing really encourages you to be in the room with your boy while you're while you're playing those games. You know what I mean? I mean, I As think that, to like Smash Brothers. Well, I think there's a demographic. I think there's a niche and a demographic for that too. You know, I mean, everybody doesn't you know doesn't go the Drake way of video games. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, you it's, said it's, the Drake way. <laughs> yes, I, the Drake, yeah, the Drake way, the the marshmallow softness of being convenient for you know video games, but I mean it's um <clears throat> it's going to be very interesting uh, to see how that you know really really plays out. Now there are some other things that that came from that came prior to E three, and this is a good segue into that. Um, Apple, you know, did their WWDC um, prior to E3, uh, where they, you know, introduced a new Apple iOS uh, for their mobile devices um, and for the Apple phone, and they introduced the new um, Apple TV platform and upgrades. And um, I'm gonna be honest. Um, you know, if you're an Apple stand, yeah, you're excited. If you're not, like, you know, the rest of the population is, it, it didn't move the needle for me, really. It, it just did It's just like, okay, well, yeah, all right. Um, you know, we're seeing some different things with Apple that, you know, Android TV already does, <laughs> you know, that other streaming platforms already do. Um and um, I'm just kind of like, man, okay, great. Um, that's good for those guys. You know, now Apple doing their own programming and, you know, kind of doing their own production uh, stuff is interesting. Um, and it's probably going to be able to draw more, you know, people to that platform. But, you know, at the same time, it's, you know, it's still the same type of um conundrum for folks that are you know you know apple fans and the rest of us that are like okay well yeah there are other alternatives out there so we're good yeah um, i mean we're gonna see yeah man but um you know i mean i think there are a lot of things you know that came out of that that was really really good um but I mean, I think, how about that? Uh, how about that thousand uh, dollar TV uh, monitor stand? Oh, sweet baby Jesus, no, no. You copying that or no? <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a negative champ. The pattern is full. I'm not I'm not copying that <laughs> at all. I mean, you know, now I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a little mini rant here because um, stuff like this is why Apple has the you know gets the flack that they get. Okay. Who in their right mind is going to pay that amount of money for a stand? A Somebody stand. who wants to flex. <laughs> like, that's the wild flex. I paid $1,000. I mean, 
people are people do dumber things. You remember that uh what is it like a ten thousand dollar all gold iPhone or iPhone case? Yeah, and I mean and that's exactly why, you know, you and I, I don't want to turn don't want to turn this part of the podcast into, you know, um into a bash apple thread. Well, you know, you know have apple will rant. Yeah, you know, into an elitist apple thread. But I'm like, damn, bruh. I mean, that thousand dollars could <laughs> shoot. You, you realize how you realize how you know how many world problems we could solve with those. I mean, it doesn't even dollars. come with the monitor. If you yeah. told me that the monitor was a thousand dollars, I would still say that that's crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, we could probably solve world hunger with that thousand dollars, and people go shut off the video for this day. And it's like, really, dude? Really? That's what's hot in the streets. That's what's hot in y'all Apple streets. Y'all paying thousand dollars for monitors. For monitor stands, you know, I, yeah, yeah, that you know that had to be mentioned on the podcast tonight. That really did. I, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's really really crazy. Um, Dave said he gonna cop it though. Yeah, Dave, you know, yeah, see, <laughs> yeah, Dave making that, you know, Dave making that kind of scratch. You know, yeah, saying. you know what I'm saying. When Trump, your boss. <laughs> see, yeah, I'm a contractor. <laughs> so, I'm just slandering him because he can't speak for himself. Man, look, I mean that. Uh, like I said, there have been some, you know, some some other things that have happened uh, during the course of this month in terms of, um, you know, that are vaguely tech related in terms of media. Um, although um, some of the new Netflix releases have, you know, are more so. Um, they've they've been impactful not just from you know a, a streaming platform standpoint, but also from a social commentary standpoint. Oh, and, you t- are you talking about when they see us? Oh yeah, yeah. Hashtag don't watch if you got white coworkers. Don't watch. Hashtag it, it ain't their fault, but sometimes it feel like it is. Hashtag don't even think about watching it if you ain't got your mind right. Um, I watched that over the weekend, and. And like I said, this is a this is a brief segue from our from our normal content matter, but I feel the need that it has to be you know addressed. Um, anybody that has uh, watched the show or has made it through watching watching the series without you know having to stop for a period of time to recover, um, it shows the story of the Central Park Five in a way that is very uncomfortable and in a way that's very, very stark and very visceral. And that is, in my opinion, exactly is what's needed in terms of uh, people that venture to watch it because that's exactly how um, the ordeal that these five gentlemen uh, went through played out. It's, in my opinion, it's one of the very, really, really, really dark episodes um, in American modern American ju- jurisprudence. I mean, yeah, because it, it was famous. To be real, I'm not, and I'm not. Please believe, I'm not being negative about this at all. I this is such. I mean, it's such a touching story, such a crazy story. But uh, I mean, this kind of stuff happens every day. Yeah, and I think that's the point. I think that's the, I think that's why 
the document, not the documentary, but the series itself hits home for so many people because it does. It happens every day. It happens every day to um, not necessarily just people of color, but people that don't people that can't afford a lawyer people that people uh, that without because to be honest if these if there are black kids that do get the 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 pass uh now they're treated differently by the justice system but a lot almost every like we aren't we're not taught not to talk to the like we're not taught that we our blackness is a weapon and therefore we're we we you know we we a lot of times we kind of i don't know like um gloss over the that part because you don't want your kids to grow up in that kind of world so you act like they aren't growing up in that kind of world and so you don't tell them that hey just because like, you're black sometimes some cops not all cops hashtag not all cops uh but some cops are going to treat you poorly just because you're black and because of that and because it's very important that you come home and, and be, you know i love you just because of that reason i need you to Act, act like this is a life or death situation. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you got. I don't care if, if you know you didn't do anything wrong. Act like they think you did, and and behave. I don't know if you saw the hate you give, but that was like the same. I saw both of those those things in, within a week's period of time, and it's just like, I mean, just that young man thought that he was a. He thought he thought that he was a citizen. Yeah, and yeah, I think you can't think like that, uh, young brother. And that's what I would like. I'm I'm having hard conversations with my kids. Like, hey man, uh, first of all, don't be don't be a knucklehead because you don't get the pass that white kids get. But if you are being a knucklehead and you get pulled over, you be very respectful and you don't say nothing. You ask yeah. for a lawyer. Yeah, and I think you know, even though the series is more you know about the case of the Central Park Five and the social commentary that goes along with it. There's a very, very important tie-in to the technology that, you know, we see on a daily basis when we address some of these things. And um, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, technology was responsible for, you know, facilitating the exoneration of these. Of it was kind of also... Yeah, uh, the reason that they were in because back then it was new tech and you know when you don't have a full understanding of what the technology is they were told this tech the DNA is inconclusive and back then we just didn't have an understanding of what that meant well, what does inconclusive mean well it wasn't necessarily that the DNA was inconclusive or that the technology was not complete you know in terms of um physical evidence there really wasn't any you know there was there you know there was coerced confessions period well right um, but there was so. some dna and because the technology was so new they didn't have the uh they didn't have the confidence in it to just say if the dna isn't right then there is no match and they did not do this and that's that's very true and i think um you know one of the things that was very telling at least to me in watching this, I think, um, okay, you know, for those folks that are listening, you know, this is kind of a mini spoiler. So, um, you know, close your ears, but if you haven't watched it, you'll, you know, I mean, you're going to have to watch it anyway. 
Um, in the fourth episode of the series, the last episode of the series, um, there's a scene um, where uh, Linda Fairstein and um, and uh, I think it's Deborah Ryan. I'm, I'm not sure if that's her first name or not. Are you but talking the, about the prosecutor? Yeah, the prosecutor. You know, the prosecutor that was um, that you know this that was uh, heading up the reinvestigation of the case. The one that knew they didn't do it, and right? Let her job security let them put them black kids away. Well, yeah, she was there, and the one that and the one that exposed. You know, this is after the verdict that was was announced, and they were exonerated. And she was sitting at a, you know, they were sitting in a restaurant setting and she was sitting at a table and the assistant DA that was kind of exposing everything was sitting across from her. And uh, essentially she, you know, she started taking out book after book after book. And she just addressed the fact that this prosecutor, you know, wrote all these books, you know, off of the backs of, you know, this false testimony and, and she made the point of saying that, okay, you know, while you're writing books, um, you know, five, you know, young men were rotting away in jail for crime they Robbed of their childhood. Yeah, and I think, um, and I won't, I won't linger on this because we, we still got more to talk about. But um, that was a very, at least to me, that was a very, very stark moment in the series it was just like wow you know it was a very it was a very sobering contrast between you know uh that that balance of the law that is interested in in equity and the balance of the law that you know is only interested in getting a result you know by any means necessary and you know to this day and and i'm pretty sure like you said we're not going to go into it uh, much more because we, you know, everybody's kind of been following this. You know, I've seen you know Linda Ferrisstein in the news, you know, come out and talk about how they, she still thinks they did something, <laughs> as opposed yeah, to the she has to. Yeah. You have to to make your to, for you to not murder yourself, for you to like sleep at night. You got to tell yourself these boys were, yeah. were bad seeds. Yeah, like exactly. you have to tell yourself that. I saw. Uh, That's the American narrative. Yeah. Well, There's a black cop that is that is uh huh. what'd you say? Oh, real quick, uh, we've been joined by our colleague Roberto Joseph. Thanks, man. Thanks for hey, showing man. Up. Sorry, you know CP time. Yeah, Candyland, man. There you go. <laughs> yeah, bro. Um, welcome to the podcast. We're essentially you know reviewing some pretty big things from. E3, um, some reveals as well as going off on a tangent. As we do. <laughs> um, yeah, as we do on uh, about when we see us. And um, yeah, that, you know, uh, like I was, you know, just telling Dominique, you know, we really you really have to have your mind right to watch the series all the way through. Um, yeah, but, I still haven't watched it. I, yeah. I keep you know, Netflix is like, hey, you want to watch this? I'm like, yeah, it's on my list. I'm going to watch it. I just got to be in the right, I got to be in the right frame of mind. Because right. I... You know what the right like, frame of mind is, brother. I ain't going to lie to you. It tore me I, up. I don't know what it is because, like, last... And I'm going to be super quick with this. Uh, last summer or last fall, I think it was, um, me, my wife, and my daughter went to go see The Hate You Give. 
And yeah, I was just talking about I saw it within a week of each other because I didn't see it when it came out. Nah, see, I can't do that. You you tripping. Right. <laughs> we went and saw it at the movie theater like the week it, the week it came out. Like we went or whatever, not probably the week after for five dollar Tuesdays because I'm cheap. But we went, and I swear, the first maybe fifteen minutes of the movie, I looked over. My wife is crying. My daughter is crying. Um, somebody threw water on my face. I'm not sure how how moisture got on my face because you know I'm I'm, I'm a moisture. So. <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, I said, that I was about me. to say, were they white? Damn devils. You don't you don't cry. Your eyes just sweat. That's yeah. yeah. It was it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't want to. You know, I'm sure there's somebody out there that hasn't seen the movie yet, and they're like, oh, this guy want, and then I spoil it. But yeah. you know, the moment the moment that something happens, and it doesn't even have to be really this perspective of a black father, but as a black man with black, you know, like a black boy who's still seven and he still thinks, you know, cops are cool. Like, it's Whenever the I I've been pulled over twice with him man. in the car. They are, no, no, they are one of my one of my good friends. Actually, I'm going to go visit him in Seattle. One of my good friends, my my stepdaughter's biological father is a cop, been a cop since she was born, and you know, we have a very unique family, uh, as you can tell, since her dad is my friend too. Yeah. Um, he he's a good guy, but like when you when I jumped in and you were just talking about, he says all the time that some of his colleagues are. People are, are guilty before they even know any of the facts because he says that's how they make sense of it. They're like, look, I go into a place where there's a lot of young black dudes, uh, a specific area where there's a lot of crime. I already expect somebody's going to try and shoot me, so I have to shoot first. And if it turns out that it was a, a cell phone and not a gun, sorry, the law of averages says it was probably a gun. And... Right. You know, like, why is their life more important than mine? Well, so and, and I get that, right? And I know you're not like they're justifying. You're just saying what he said, and I get that. That, and I got a best, my best friend, my brother, is a state trooper, and I'm, I, I want him to come home more than I want anything, right? But if yeah. my best friend ever killed a dude, and that's what they got to start calling, it's just murder. If my best friend ever murdered somebody, and it turns out it wasn't a gun, you got to go down. Something yeah. has to be done. There has to be some accountability. They have to start. You, you it's, I understand you have just as much right to come home as I do, but you shouldn't get the right to that troop that yeah. you get to to and guess you know, what I have. Yeah. You shouldn't have to be you like it's a dangerous job and you signed up for it. Now the day they start drafting cops is the day that that you right. We got to start chilling mm -hmm. on that. You know sometimes catch you know, Again, the rules of engagement for military are yeah, yeah, so are, are equally are are equally strict. In the in the way that it's written down on paper, right? For a lot of precincts for cops, but overall it is kind of a, you know, make sure you take take them out before they take you out because if they take you out, they can still go on and do more damage to other people. Yeah, and but the rules of engagement are actually like in the military, they're actually they're uh, way stricter. You, yeah, you have you there's a lot more. If you a get dude, like four if strikes. If overseas has a weapon. And it's in the low ready position where it's facing down and his hand is, even if his finger's on the trigger, if he is not point, you have to wait until he points at you before you're allowed to take his life. Now, if anybody that knows weapons understands that the, the response time, literally by that time, it is too late. And of yep. course, none of our people over there are actually doing that, right? If you actually, if you 
got your finger on the trigger, they're gonna point it at, they're gonna point their weapon at you and tell you to put get your get your finger off the trigger, right? They're not like taking weapons from people, like they're allowed, they're free citizens, right? Yeah. But the point I'm making yeah. is number one, we're losing kids in open carry states when the officer thought this guy had a gun. Well, okay. officer, I'm allowed to have a gun, even if you even if what I had was a gun, I'm allowed to have it. Yeah. You have to approach me differently when you think I have a gun and you think you and you think your life is in danger. You approach yeah. me differently. You don't just get to kill me on a on a hunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we we well, break off into a tangent. What did you think yeah. about E three, Roberto? Yeah, I was about to say thanks. thanks. <laughs> like, thanks. all right, yeah. enough of enough of cops murdering black people. Yeah. On, take, you know, take, yeah, real let's, quick let's before you back. start talking about E three, yeah. I don't know if y'all saw it, but this young lady whose boyfriend was killed by cops in 2015 just recorded and probably saved this young man's life. Uh, I just shared it on my Facebook, but uh, she just recorded and it's four cops and one one uh, uh, um female officer had uh, an AR-15 or like a, a military-style assault rifle pointed at this mm-hmm. man. He's on his knees, hands behind his head. There are four cops with guns on the, the girl on the phone is just like, don't y'all think that y'all can put the guns down? His hand, like his hands are behind. He's in a position of submission. Like she's just yelling. She's telling this young brother, do not move. They will kill you. And she's saying that, and you can feel the pain through her screen because she's really mm-hmm. reliving her boyfriend. Yep. You know what yeah. I mean? Because we know it don't take nothing for them to kill us. Nope. Nope. Not a bit. Anyway, what do you think about E3? Yeah. yeah um, there you go. You know, the worst part of, I think, the worst part of, of the whole E3 thing is I watched E3 specifically, specifically for the Avengers reveal. Everything else was, like, icing on the cake. I didn't care. I mean, like, sorry, Squeenix, but, like, Final Fantasy Remake, cool. Final Fantasy Seven, loved it. Final Fantasy Eight, loved it. Can't wait for those two things to come out. The other 15 hours of that presentation, we can't curse, so I won't. I won't give my true feelings about it. But I, <laughs> I, it, 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 like the, the the words of uh of the man from Dodgeball, it it was worth. It, it wasn't really worth a velvet painting of a whale and a dolphin getting it on. Like I, it, it did nothing for me. Yeah. Nothing for me. And I'm sure there's somebody much nerdier than I somewhere out in, in the ether of the the listening audience. So like. How could you say you didn't want to see Romancing Salsa Part Three or whatever, Romancing the Saga or oh, Romancing whatever. Saga? Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's surprising that you don't want to see it. Seeing as I don't how care. passionate you don't are care. about Final Fantasy, don't care at, at all. <laughs> don't, don't care. care. <laughs> I, I am I am emotionally tied to Final Fantasy Seven because me and my brother, I sat there with the Prima Strategy guy and my brother Ronaldo played the game while I told him what to do. And we sat there and we played all 95 hours of Final Fantasy VII together. And that, I remember that because, again, we only had one PlayStation, so we had to share. And it wasn't like you could be like, hey, put the Final Fantasy down so we can play, you know, Twisted Metal or something. It was Final Fantasy. You was in. Once you, yep. I mean, it was four discs of you. You, you was in there. You <laughs> couldn't just remember stop. multi-disc games? You, 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 you were in there, man. You were trying to figure out what happened. You wake up and be like, hold on, what happened? What's, who's this girl? Why is she stealing your material? What's going on? I don't know. You was in it. So, like, a lot of it, again, for me, being older now and never playing any of the original Final Fantasies as a kid, didn't it didn't resonate with me. I remember Final Fantasy VII. That was my first Final Fantasy that I played. That's what resonated with me. Final Fantasy VIII, I got way too into playing cards, and I forgot about the plot most of the time, because I was like, oh, damn, I'm supposed to be playing, not playing cards or whatever. Um, but the Avengers reveal... 
yeah, as a gamer, been, as yeah, a big been. Marvel fan, I was so happy yeah, until I saw <laughs> I was like, why does Cap look like Bruh, I, 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 that's the elephant in the room. It was, it was, it was exactly like, okay, look, um, it's like, the, like, it's like the game studio called Marvel. It's like, look, we want to use your likenesses, uh, for the game, and they were like, uh, yeah, y'all gonna have to pay this. It's like, that's all right, champ. We'll, we'll, we'll be like, all right. Oh, what? Oh, okay, <laughs> fine. We'll just use the, the comic characters, and then Marvel Comics was like, oh yeah, well, you can use ours, and they're they're maybe half the price of hello, hello. Hello, yeah. games. <laughs> exactly. Like, Man, look, we just make our own, and I respect the fact again that um, Crystal and Idos and Square worked together, and they were like, "Hey, we're going to come up with our own story." And apparently, they got some help from some of the Marvel writers, and they're good at storytelling. I mean, like, you know, this is the Tomb Raider team, and the Final Fantasy team, and the Chrono. You know, all, all these different IPs that they have, they're good at storytelling, so they should be able to make a new story. But who, again, like these character models are hard. Yeah, that's to me. I mean, like Oof. again, it, real quick, Crystal Dynamics and Idos. These are the people that back in the '90s were making Lara Croft, and we were like, "Dang, this is amazing! Look at that Tyrannosaurus Rex that she's fighting. Looks like a T-Rex, and she's backflipping yeah. over tigers, and it's amazing." And <laughs> fast forward 20 years, and you're like, "Why does Man. this look like PS2?" Like yeah, the free game that came with a Burger King meal. Yeah, it's like you I fell mean, off. It's, it's like you fell off, son. Yeah. Now yeah. again, one of my favorite games of all time is Twisted Metal Two. And if anybody that has not, if you're not old enough to play it, or you didn't play it because you oh, just didn't man. feel like it, if you go back and look at, go look at a video of it right now. It literally looks like somebody took a like a, a cheap camera, and followed a, a paper car around a cardboard town. The graphics are horrible. The polys are not there. Like I don't know what whatever they they focus on gameplay, and I'm okay with that because the gameplay was fantastic. If Avengers comes out and, and, and if Tony, if playing as Tony Stark feels like the fun part of Anthem, and oh. playing as as Hulk feels <laughs> like playing Ultimate Destruction back on PlayStation Two, and you know playing as Black Widow feels like you're playing a Devil May Cry game, and everybody feels different, and the action is there. I don't care about the graphics. You could literally put Stickman in there, and if it's if it's good, I'll, I'll deal with it. But they just have to. If all you're going to show is the graphics and not show any of the actual gameplay, that you're going to. I mean, if I'm ugly and I don't have a great personality, what where what am I going to do? Am I going to like okay, well I got to learn how to juggle or do something to impress somebody? You know, if I have a, a great voice for radio, I'm not going to make video casts. I'm just going to make regular <laughs> audio podcasts. you got to play to your strengths. And if you know that the graphics weren't there, show us some gameplay. Because even the Hank Pym teaser and the little cutscene of Tony and uh, Bruce having an argument, I, I was just like, there's Nolan North. I love him in everything because he's been in every video game. I, like, but more. I need, I need more than just that. Man, that's real. Yeah. Uh, I, I, now, I tend to it, give um, now, not not movie based video games, but I tend to give triple um, A publishers kind of like the benefit of the doubt that they'll take the feedback that they get from the trailers and improve things as necessary. Um, so hopefully, just like the 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 you know everybody came at Sonic the Hedgehog for having human. Oh people. man, Lord. they fixed that. They Sony fixed that that day. Yeah. 
So, Roberto, what did you think of um, Deathloop, the reveal of Deathloop? Now, that I, I actually saw because it was posted on the Black Techies Collective, and I, I saw that, and I was like, you know, first of all, I don't... Once you say, like, hey, there's going to be some black protagonist sold, like, I didn't even have to play <laughs> Streets of Rage 2. I was like, oh, there's Skate, Streets of Rage 1, Max. I was in. I, the game was fantastic, but, you know, black characters. Mortal Kombat, Jax was, okay, ripping people's arms off. I'm with it. If you give me, that was Apex Legends was how I even heard about it. Was again, oh they got black protagonists or black characters. I can't say protagonists yeah. in a game like Apex Legends, but I saw it and I was like, who you calling black in Apex Legends? Uh, what's her name? I, I don't know the character's name, but there's actually two women in Apex Legends <coughs> that are that are black. That I don't know their names because again, it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know who you. You talking about the health, the health chick, and uh, yep. yeah. So they they look blackish, and I'm and I'm cool with. It. I just people of color is almost the same as black to me, and yep. like the, the the big dude is Samoan. I thought that was super cool because he yep. looked hella Samoan. Um, yep. So like I I just appreciate representation. I, I I'm trying to although I am definitely pro black. I'm trying to also be a an ally too, because I was thinking the other day, I was like, yeah, we get some black protagonists other than the game Prey, and Prey is a relatively new game. Oh, yeah. When the last time you saw an Asian protagonist? Yeah, I mean, because I think that was a big thing about um, Infamous Second Son, is that they, the guy, the main character was Native American, but he was looked like he was, like, white and Native American, but they were like, no, no, he's from a tribe, he's Native American, like, he just, maybe he doesn't look exactly what you think, and, and then you have to question yourself, like, what does a Native American person look like, because, I mean, no one thinks I'm like, they you know, like 14 you know, look at me and be like, so. yeah, so, it's real different, you know, like, but the the Deathloop joint, like, that looks like something that I need to be playing yesterday. And I really, I can't wait to, I mean, again, yeah. Bethesda, I, I really can't say that they have wronged me, and, you know, like, I'm prepared to warp time and do whatever craziness they got me doing in there. I, I love that, like, you know, it's like, welcome to Black Reef. I'm like, oh, okay. Black dude named Sharif, this is his island. I, I got you. I got you. Black Reef, yeah. we in here. But it's it's going to be, and I'm, right. it's sad so, It's sad because I feel like somebody's going to complain about this. Somebody's going to be like, well, I was going to buy they're it. they're already, you know they're already complaining about it. But why do we have to, why do we have right. to have, you know, black people in this game like couldn't have been done with a white person <laughs> like you know what if we got you know Justin Timberlake to play T'Challa how would you feel shut that up like it's a it's a dude you in know, a game yeah, you, you know it's coming it's definitely coming but we were talking about um, Google's foray into cloud gaming Google Stadia uh, with their with their connect uh, at E3 and the potential that it it could possibly have. Um, did you catch it? And what did you think of what you saw? I didn't catch. Like again, E three for me was like me. Like uh, a friend of mine, Christian had messaged me and was like, "Are you watching the Squeenix thing? They're showing the Final Fantasy remake." And I was at I was still working. I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute, what, what's going on?" And I stopped what I was doing to put that on, and I got I got sucked into that whole five-hour thing. Um, but the rest of it has been me hopping around looking at different trailers for different things. 
and I actually got an email from Google about becoming a founders founder founding person or whatever of yes, for Stadia. And I was yeah. like, one twenty nine? Again, it's like I was like, I'm not sure what you're asking me for money for, but I'm okay with it because I trust you guys. <laughs> you know, like yeah. and they were like, Look at all I these mean, games we and I'm like, Are they free? <laughs> nah, <laughs> do they come with it? Like, what y'all, nah, champ. y'all ask me y'all ask me for one twenty nine to do what? Yeah, I know y'all don't need no money. Yeah, yeah, but they they getting you getting a lot you getting a lot out of that one twenty nine. Yeah, I mean the yeah, controller I mean, the controller which is necessary the controller mm-hmm. is seventy bucks three months of of pro is ten dollars uh, a month so that's a total of thirty dollars right there I mean you major you make your money back it, and honestly first pick first name like you get your first crack of name choice like that's mm-hmm. gonna matter you are gonna be mad at yourself for not doing that when you got to be Roberto one one seven seven five five one. Yeah. And and that always sucks. Yeah. But um, you know, like that's, it's, you know, it, I I want it. I don't know. I don't. You know, I haven't really. Again, it's one of those things where like the PlayStation Five got announced, and they're like, yeah. well, more details are. I don't care. You don't. I don't need. De- I don't <laughs> yeah, care no. what it. I'm I'm gonna buy it. I don't care what it yeah, does. Just take my shekels. That's the thing. I yeah. might not buy the next console if if game if the streaming services work. Why? See, my my problem then is like exclusives, because if you're yeah. telling me like if because like I have my one of my, a good friend of mine has an Xbox, and he's been asking me, have you played Spider-Man yet? Have you played Spider-Man yet? I'm like, I just started playing it a week ago. Okay, well when you finish it, can I borrow your PlayStation and your Spider-Man and Horizon and go and God of War? I'm like no, what what? No, <laughs> you can't borrow a whole. Con- you just go buy one. He was like, "Well, we can trade." I like, I don't even know what's on Xbox right at this this generation for me that I want. Last gen, the gen before, there was always something where I always had two. I still, I I have 20 games on my 360 S I haven't played, so like, that's a lot of stuff for me. Um, I'm but, still pro. I'm still pro. Uh, pro Xbox. I'm Team Xbox, but you ain't lying. I'm I'm sitting here thinking like, other than Halo, and that's not everybody's cup of tea. I can't think of a reason for you to have Halo and Gears. Halo, Halo, and honestly, the 360. Yeah. I bought the 360 specifically to keep playing Halo because I I love play Halo on regular Xbox for Gears of War and for Crackdown. I didn't care about anything else that was on there besides Fable, and then that didn't stay. Ex- well, eh, I don't. Yeah, I did. I finished it, and then um, Mass Effect was the other thing that I was like. Oh man, I I need this, and then they put it on PlayStation and kind of made it better. And I was like, dang, no, I don't, no, I don't need it. But uh, real quick, my my favorite games from E3, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 was one of those things I wanted <laughs> even before yeah. uh, Keanu yes, sir. popped up in there. Um, of course, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, like another one of those things where I was like, is it a turn-based card game? Is it a like a free-to-play shooter? Is it no? None of those. Th- okay, give it to me. If as long as those not those things, I'm I'm in. If you can, you you'll never play with a lightsaber. No. If you give me a lightsaber at some point, and I won't be good at it, and I have to learn how to do it, and I don't care. You give me a, a blaster and a lightsaber, and let me. You can make a Grand Theft Auto with a lightsaber. I'd still I don't care. I don't care if it doesn't even make sense. I'll again I'll buy it, and I'm I'm that terrible person that's probably uh, keeping Anthem. In business because I keep playing it even though. Listen, no I wish I could play it. Every time I cut it on, it's just loading. I, I still to this <laughs> day, I, I think I'm loading still, still right now because I haven't cut you know my that, Xbox on because ain't nothing to play on. 
Bruh, the crazy so part about that is I, civil- I turned it on and I, I looked away and it was on. And I was like, I was looking at my phone. Man, Actually, man. I think I was uh, posting memes or something. And I and I heard somebody say something. I got scared and I looked up and I was like, it loaded? What did you guys do? Man. And I went on Google and I was like, what did they do? And they were like, oh, this is like the 40th, 40th patch in the past three months. So yeah, of course it works now. And I'm like, why man, didn't... Look, okay. I didn't just didn't put, wait to put the game out. Yeah. There's gonna be yeah. a PlayStation Four someplace in somebody in somebody's, you know, bomb shelter or silo, fifty to seventy-five years from now. That's going to be finally completing that fortieth patch. <laughs> <laughs> Look, thank God for hardwired, uh, super fast internet, because like some of those, they're like eight gig patch and stuff. Um, Deathloop, definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. I have no idea what Ghostwire Tokyo is really about, but I don't have any idea what. Uh, Death Stranding is really about, to be fair, but as soon as they were like, this is a what game that, and I'm like, yeah, Death what's Stranding going on? Kinda... And they're like, Kojima produced, oh, okay. <laughs> you can stop the presentation. Saying, any, any Kojima game, like, what's Metal Gear Solid about, really? Yeah, I don't, it's a guy sneaking around and fighting ghosts and robot <laughs> babysitters. I don't, whatever, man. The la le lu le lo le lu lo lo people have to whatever I'll I'll shoot just let me tranquilize somebody and throw them in a locker and let me run around on a cardboard box and I'm happy you know what I miss I miss Splinter Cell and Siphon Filter I want Siphon games Filter like that back was super fun oh man those were those were cl- those were classic those were oh yeah I mean Legacy of Kane yeah yes. and of course yes. our, our fearless leader our fearless leader from chat, you know, chimes in with Legacy of Kane. Thanks, mm-hmm. fearless leader. Yeah. We appreciate it. You know, I, I um, never played Breath of the Wild, but, like, watching the, the sequel and watching all the stuff for it. And, again, I, I stopped I stopped watching Nintendo stuff because I don't have a Switch. And they they got me with the GameCube. with the Not the GameCube. Sorry. I love you, GameCube. With the Wii. And I told them after I got the Wii, I was like, never again. Never yeah, will you I'm get not, me again. I ain't Nintendo. gonna front you. I ain't gonna hold you. They switch series. I know it is because people at work have them and they bring them into work, and I'm like, man, I want to play that. Breath but, of the Wild what? is one of the top ten best games that's ever been made. So yeah. you yeah. get it. And that's it's, it's same worth thing I've heard. for the Switch just for Breath of the Wild. I almost got Breath. I almost got the Switch because of copyright. Right. I'll be because completely what? honest. I, I saw. I, I played it at work. People were playing Cuphead, and I was like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> you can play Cuphead on your Xbox though. Yeah, but then I gotta buy an Xbox, and then I gotta oh, figure out what else I want on it. Is it not on PlayStation Store too? Nope. Oh. It's on. I think it's on the the PC or, or I can. I don't know. But it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't. Right. I don't. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but I know I want it. And then of course you have kids, and they're like, Oh, you can get the Switch, so I can play. Like, so you can play it. What are you? Right. <laughs> you think you're an adult? These video games aren't for you, kid. You come over three hundred dollars, you get you a switch. Well, save this, save this uh, allowance money, son. Yeah, as soon as you kick in, I, I got you. <laughs> right, go have. Put five on. Go have these with me. Well, <laughs> well, well. There's one. There was one moment, um, and I think we're going to move this along here, so we can kind of bring the podcast to a close. Um, I don't know how long our fearless leader is going to be recording. We don't, you know, we got to pay the bill. So. Um, there's one moment during uh, during Microsoft's presentation that um, that was really really cool to me, and that was seeing a woman of color 
walked out on stage as the head of a development department for Microsoft. And that really, you know, that really, really, really struck me as really cool. You know, it, you don't often see that um, in the tech industry, much less, you know, being a keynote Microsoft and having somebody, you know, roll out on stage to, um, you know, to be the focal point for some of their products that are coming out. And, you know, that was just really a dope thing to see. Um, that and, like, you know, like uh, Roberto mentioned before, in terms of seeing protagonists and um, definitely that was really, that was really dope. Yes, Dave, she was cute. <laughs> and no, no, he didn't say that. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Me and y'all pass it, pop it right behind him like you said, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Mignon, that was set. That was set in jest. Mm-hmm. You know, don't cap Dave when you listen to this podcast, please. Thank you. Man, Mignon um, listen to this podcast. But yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> but I think um, that was really um, that was really a high point for me. Looking, you know, just looking at all the all the things that were pre- presented. That and like I said, I was really stoked with. Um, you know, with the detail of the presentation for the Google, you know, for the Google Stadia platform. And, you know, like I said, I don't, you know, I, I ain't front, I ain't going to front out, you know, that, that presentation kind of made me a stand, you know, before, you know, the, the thing even came out. So it's just like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm already down to get the founders package, mm-hmm. you know, who's down with me. Somebody's getting a buddy pass that I know. So, uh, you know, I'm with it. So, I mean, that, it, I'm really, I was really enthusiastic about that leaving E3. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the the new wave of tech. Um, I just know that uh, part of me is just like, can I buy more stuff? Do I have time to play the stuff when I buy it, or is will this give me more time to play now because I could be irresponsible? And let my self-driving <laughs> Tesla move me around, and then I can just play Stadia stuff on my phone. Yeah, I think yeah, that's gonna. Well, that's one thing I do anticipate I don't seeing see stuff on the phone that's gonna be working. I don't even know how that's that's a thing. Like uh, they didn't really talk about it either. Like how? Well, I mean, well, well, that's the ultimate goal is for them to get to every screen that they can possibly get to. And yeah, but. That what, includes who gets I mean, 35 megabytes I mean, they, on their phone. Well, you don't have to have that. That's the thing. And I no, mean, that's true, I guess. Um, the, I mean, the other thing is, is that you know, at launch, they're going to be, you know, there are phones that are going to have um, the Stadia app, and you mm-hmm. know, that's the Google, the Google Pixel platform. So. You know, I mean, there are going to be small screens, you know, small, um, there are going to be small screens that are going to be supporting, you know, the gameplay. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how the rollout goes and how that plays out. So, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll we've see. addressed some pretty valid concerns. Yeah, yeah. We've addressed some pretty valid concerns, but I think Google's infrastructure. General, I mean, but Google, so is Google's infrastructure that much more they, stout than Microsoft's? 
Honestly, yeah. <laughs> it is. In terms of in terms of what what they support on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean nobody has more market share in their particular in their respective uh genre than Microsoft does. Like nobody. I'm 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 ta- I'm not talking about, you know, all sorts of architecture. I'm talking about for the specific purpose of media streaming. Master yeah, I mean, I cloud, guess if... in cloud architecture. So, I mean, I, I and you know, we're we're you know, our fearless leaders chimed in, you know, with uh, Microsoft and you know, Microsoft just you know, yeah, he he's standing. I mean, Azure is a business is an enterprise but... level cloud service. Google does not have an. Well, I'm not gonna say they don't have one, but they're not in the top. It's Azure. I mean, it's AWS and then Azure. I mean. Microsoft has let a. Me put, let me put it like this. L- let me put it another way. If if I were to attempt to try to use data centers to facilitate a gaming architecture on Azure, I'd be out of business. It's not designed to do that. I mean, that's not to say Microsoft is not legitimately. What uh, what, what makes you say that though? That's what I'm trying to figure top, out because because the is, Xbox. Runs on cloud architecture. Uh, well, part of part of what why I say that is because I I work with the I work with that stuff on a daily basis, <laughs> and I mean the Xbox architecture is not Azure. Let me put it like that. Xbox the Xbox architecture and net, and gaming architecture is customized for that environment, so we can't really compare. Right, but we're talking you know, about ga- Azure, we're talking about a Azure. gaming we're talking about a ga- cloud gaming like we're talking about essentially the same thing that that Google would be Google doesn't have an, uh, Google does not have a record of being able to host uh, VDI at the level that no they, have to have. they don't no they don't but from what I've seen in terms of robustness of their infrastructure they I mean they're gonna I mean from, I mean, in comparison, I think I think they're gonna really give it a good go. I, I believe that. I'm not. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying, like, you know, to say that yeah. to say that they're like, like, if if they can't do it, who could? I'm like, eh, maybe, probably the people that that do this. Mm. But I don't and know. Dave has chimed in again. Thank you, fair, thank you, fearless leader. Azure has more data centers worldwide than Google and has more market share. I think Azure is more robust overall than Google. That said, Google has the technical know-how to catch up. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, and and now reading verbatim from our fearless fearless leader who is, you know, stuck behind Comcast. Well, not Comcast. Correction. Stuck behind uh, the Emerald Curtain that is Cox <laughs> and their crappy internet service. Um, sorry. Got to put them on blast, Dave. Um, you know, we miss you, man. We hope you get back <laughs> from the from the purgatory of chat. Um, yeah, I, I you know I, that's fair. I think that's that's a very um, that's a very objective way of looking at it. I mean that either way, they're both you know they're both at the very top in terms of you know having the wherewithal and the know-how and the data centers to make it work. So, 
Um, I'm just really excited to see how that works. I, I mean, I've, I mean, I've seen Microsoft's product, you know, and like I said, xCloud, I saw, you know, I saw what they were trying to do and they're essentially trying to do the same thing. And, you know, that didn't move the needle for me, partly because it was, it was Microsoft and I'm, I kind of take a lot of their stuff for granted, unfortunately, but, you know, you know, yeah, Sony signed an agreement with Microsoft because they fear Google. Correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that was the, you know, that was the merging of the evil empires there. So, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Stadia coming about has kind of changed the game in terms of forcing, you know, collaboration where there wasn't any. And that to me is really really what's important because you know you got competitors out there now that aren't you know the big two and you know we know you know Nintendo's always going to have their own niche in terms of gaming in terms of you know who they focus on um it's just really you know an exciting time all the way around and that's you know that's what it's all about Mm-hmm. I, I think um, it, it's funny because you, you remember point. when uh, when yeah. Sony and Microsoft said they were making consoles, and the people that like been grew up playing Nintendo and Sega were like, "Who's doing what?" Yeah, exactly. Sony, <laughs> the people that make the Walkman, they're gonna make a con- and then Microsoft, the nerds with the computer, no one wants to play that crap. And here we are. So I mean, maybe we're looking at Google. We're gonna we're gonna be those same guys. I mean, I don't think anybody on in the collective for a second thinks that Google can't be successful at I mean cuz again you don't have to make games with the way that Google is doing this with Stadia I mean if Google wants to open their own a whole host of studios to make their own NBA 2K or whatever they could if they wanted to make their own Final Fantasy they can if they want to make their own random free to play shooter that everybody seems to be making now they can make, I, hell, I can make one. But, you know, if they wanted to do that, they have the connects to do that stuff. And they also have the well, the power to do it. It's just like, I mean, I bought this note and I got free Fortnite stuff. And I was like, I don't want this. But somebody does. And, you know, like when I bought my S6 or something like that, I got a free Jay-Z album. Uh, Magna Carta Holy Grail. I was like, I didn't want that album. It wasn't a great album to me. But it was free. I'll take it. And his album went platinum because of that. You know, Fortnite had a bunch of of uptake in their already booming business because of that. Again, it's market placement. And if anybody knows how to sell you something better than anybody else on there, it's not Sony or Microsoft. It's Google in that that respect. If I'm going to package something somewhere, like, I don't even know. Like, YouTube TV right now, if I wanted to get it, with my Samsung, I could because they're giving it away for something or some reason, and everybody seems to love. It. I watch YouTube all the time, so like, why wouldn't I go with them if they have something that's already convenient? Because Can let's be honest, you you don't most of us are lazy. Say what? Can I tell you why you don't want YouTube TV? I just got, I just unsubscribed from them. Listen, I'm not a, a Google hater. I love Google. I, I just subscribed to YouTube Premium and dropped YouTube TV because I watch YouTube more than TV, but also. Whenever you're trying to watch TV, the purpose I got, the reason I got YouTube TV was for uh, live sports. 
I cut on uh, the Golden State Toronto game, and uh, I guess because everybody watching it, y'all want to lag. I'm, I'm talking about the the sound was like three seconds behind, and it stayed that way. I refresh. I did everything you could do, and it was just bad. And that's just a terrible experience. And if I can't watch the finals, then I don't care if I can watch game 13 of of the season. You know what I'm saying? Like, ugh. I had to drop. <laughs> and it went up on price. You can't go up on I don't price. Oh no, man! I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I didn't experience no lag. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, I hear you, dude. I mean, what well, that's the but that's the that's the beauty of having streaming services a la carte like that because you can quite literally, you know, change them like you change a pair of shoes or change a shirt or, you know, you, you're not locked locked into anything. And, right. you know, that ultimately is going, you know, that's going to be the driving factor for that industry to be able to continue to innovate and to be, can continue to increase quality. I know uh, Hulu, you know, got called out recently because of, you know, the user, you know, user interface there that they could have done a lot better with. And they admitted to that. Um, I mean, that, you know, I, I really don't, um, you know, I don't see that as a, as a, you know, as a bad thing. Sometimes, you know, you encounter those things and that gives you an excuse to try another service and see whether or not it fits. Um, that's like, you know, PlayStation View, you know, has some very important decisions coming up because they're about to lose some of their Viacom things or rather they're coming up in negotiation uh, in terms of the Viacom channels. And, you know, people are asking about that. It's like, okay, if they lose them, yeah, I'm out. So, yeah, that's why, um, that's, my comment you know, I mean, is wicked. They ain't on nobody's live so, streaming services but AT&T. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's always going to be, um, that's always going to be a possibility for those services. But like I said, the, the beauty of it is, is that you're not tied into anything. You can, you know, you can switch them at will, you know. And hey, real quick. Hey, I mean. The, uh, uh, you know, fearless leader said, uh, and I was about that time, time at 30, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that means it sounds like we'll have time, an E3 go, slash WWDC slash all the tech stuff part two, or we'll just call it next week's episode. Um... Anybody got anything before we go? Well, uh, first, thank you for everybody that, you know, has seen fit to take time out of their day to listen to our podcast. It means a lot to all of us that gets on and and we, you know, chop things up. And, you know, you guys are the reason why we do it. It's it's a really cool thing to be able to share our passions with our, our audience and to give, you know, technology things from, you know, a black perspective. And like I said, you guys make that all possible. So from, uh, I think I speak for everybody that's on the podcast. Uh, we appreciate it. And, you know, we, we enjoy your support, all the cats in the collective, you know, keep doing what you Except guys that do. One dude. You guys are turning that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into that one dude. That one dude can kick rocks, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you saw he hasn't. Yeah, I, like I said, <laughs> I'm just not going to kill that vibe. We're 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 we're, on a, we're 
for the Kumbaya vibe right now. I wonder what he would say about Rob. Rob wasn't on the podcast back then. He'll be all right. I mean, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. ignorant. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> Herb, you okay? But, um, I hate that yeah. dog, dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. I remember I, that. That was hilarious. Um, you, you know, we, dude, we tribal. That, that was, Anybody that mess with somebody stuff. else, somebody else gonna jump in. Yeah. I'm gonna jump in. I just need to. Uh, yeah. I don't explore. think we've seen that dude. I don't think we've seen that dude in the collective anymore. I don't know. No, probably not. Um, but yeah, yeah. But we uh, just playing, listeners. Know, we love criticism, guys, even you know, if it's bad. <laughs> yeah, but see, like bad yeah. criticism. Thank here, you, guys. Here's a, a fine line. Bad criticism is fine if the criticism itself is good. If you're just getting on there to say, like, you know, it sucks. You guys keep talking about black stuff. Oh, oh yeah, I'm you sorry. keep that. <laughs> no, I'm what did you think? Black and yeah. black, black. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not, I keep that's turning not on the Howard Stern show on. They keep talking about sex. I don't understand it. Do you know what you tuned into? Yeah. Are, yeah, that's not are you the guy at Walmart complaining the about the lines? Type. Why do you think we put black pickets? Sorry. Anywho. But yeah, that's not even going to make the air. You're, you're good. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I was saying, you know, uh, you guys, you know, you guys make it really cool for us to do the podcast. It's a really fun thing, and we like sharing our viewpoints and our view of technology with everybody. So, thank you guys. Um, keep on listening, even to those two cats that we saw in the metrics from Saudi Arabia. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Send me some guap because I know you're insulting our sheep. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, man. That's probably racist for me to say that. <laughs> Roberto and Roberto and Dom, you guys want to take us out? Um, I, I'll I'll be quick with mine and just say first off, um, shout out to Kevin Durant. Hope you get better. Um, sorry that you know uh, yes. everybody pulled you into Slim Reaper. Everybody pulled you into playing, and now everybody's trying to pretend like we didn't they want did. him to play. Right? But he he could have just stayed out. Ugh. Um, Sorry, bro. I hope you get better soon. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so oh, the yeah. Knicks can pick you up, um, and uh, we can maybe make the playoffs for the first time in like 40 years. Um, I don't know, also, man, um, uh, shout out to Canitopia. Come home. home. <laughs> shout out to Canitopia for the reason why I'm late on the podcast. Um, <laughs> kids got a good sugar rush. I'm pretty sure I, I I gained a cavity in the hour we were walking around over there. I post some pictures on the on the uh, Black Teddy Collective so y'all can take a look at all the fun stuff um, that we did. Uh, thank you anybody and everybody who is listening to this. Um, I promise you that we talk about doing more podcasts every time we get off a podcast. Um, and if somebody says, you know what you guys should do? You guys should do two a week. That would make me happy. That would make like rainbows pop out. And that would make puppies grain wings or whatever it is that, you know, finds your lost remote or floats your boat, you know, whatever. Um, we're just trying to do the best we can do, man. We're just trying to do the best we can do, and we love y'all. Thank you for the support. Word. Uh, one other, one other thing before. We, hold up, hold up, Dominique. One other yeah. thing before. Um, you know, Dominique does the closing. Um, yeah, Toronto fans. Um, you know, that was that was trash. 
for cheering for that dude getting hurt. Um, to be to to, you know, to be fair, they thought it was just a calf. I know they thought it was just a calf. You could tell based when he got pulled out of there. The rest of the night, my man, the, that arena was it. It felt like somebody died in there. Like they weren't like yelling, "Yay, KD's dead!" All game. They only did that when they thought it was a calf. And if I would have thought it was a calf and it was against my team, I would have cheered too. And that still would have been trash. But I'm just saying. Say, are you finished I explaining say, yourself? I still hate you. So yes, I, 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 you I, I mean to tell that, me Redskins in the championship, Redskins in the Super Bowl, and Tom Brady goes down, and you don't at least a little bit go, let's go. Look, when when Victor Cruz got hurt playing against the Eagles, and all the Eagles fans started cheering, I was like, you all of you are dead to me, all of you. That's trash. I mean, even RG3 is, is terrible. It's trash, man. And, you know, like, that's our division rival or whatever. RG3 got hurt. I was like, dang, that's terrible. I mean, maybe now that he's hurt, maybe somebody will take him to a barbershop, get him a shape-up, whatever. But, you know, like, I want him to get better. I don't want nobody's career. I want you to lose with your whole squad. I want everybody to – I don't want none of that, man, you know we didn't have – no, everybody was there. Y'all just suck. Give me the W. Listen, my team. I don't care if it's a one week injury. I'd rather, I'd rather you not be playing versus me. I'd rather not have to face uh, uh, what's the name, Todd Gurley, who ran all over my boys in the playoffs and and ended my one true chance at being able to dance on the graves of my haters. So, you know. But anyway, my bad. I I mean, I'm I'm just Toronto trash. Let's go. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Between you know, between that and and, and the marshmallow softness of Dre's, Dre's um, of Drizzy's fandom in Toronto, um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean that that whole thing is an episode that could be forgotten. But yeah, continue. There you go. All right, man. Well, uh, we thank you guys. Uh, can't say it enough. Please follow uh, follow us at the Black Techies. Uh, like, subscribe, download, all that good stuff. Rate us. It really matters. It helps us with the algorithm. It helps us be seen by people we wouldn't be seen by. Uh, and one day, we might get seen by the right people that'll let us quit our jobs and do this full time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, hashtag the drink. Uh, but <laughs> every day, y'all go forth this week and be great people. Do your thing. Uh, be good to somebody. Pay it forward. Do something nice for somebody you wouldn't have done something nice for. And uh, use that positive energy to counteract all that negative energy that's out there with uh, David Herb's boss out here uh, trying to uh, uh, cause the apocalypse. You know what I'm saying? So, with that being said, be my boss, dude. just know, <laughs> listen, man, ain't you G14? Ain't you G14? You still in there? <laughs> look, I tell I'm my friend Denisha that all the time. She works in nuclear. Work. I like, look, you work, you work for him too. Tell if your it, boss, hey, listen, send him a memo. If, if it was stupid. Brock in the office, you tell me you would be like, hey, listen, that's, the, that's my boss. <laughs> anyway, y'all, Contract. just know that every day you wake up, you're closer and closer to that dude not being y'all president. <laughs>